people uh, get themselves in trouble because of attitudes. Your attitude determines your altitude. I find people, they just don't understand what happens in life. Uh, it's amazing how the leaders in society, the leaders in churches, the leaders in politics, are always the wrong people. And uh, when it gets to being the wrong people, you've got trouble. All around the world, we've got trouble. And society is only made better by each individual. You can only win people one at a time. And things change in society one at a time. And we need to face the fact you've got to change the heart, life, ambitions, desires. And you've got to change them one at a time. Individuals, they've got to be converted. And I'd like to start with referring you back to Judges, chapter 9. If you turn in your Bible, good authorized version, uh, to Judges... Um, Uh, there's a little parable um, that I've mentioned before in Judges 9, verse 8. It says this, The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them, and they said unto the olive tree, Reign over us. But the olive tree said unto them, Should I leave my fatness wherewith by me they honor God and man and go to be promoted over the trees? And the trees said to the fig tree, Come thou, reign over us. But the fig tree said unto them, Should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and go to be promoted over the trees? Then said the trees unto the vine, Come thou and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, Should I leave my wine, which cheereth God and man, and go to be promoted over the trees? Then said all the trees unto the bramble, Come thou, reign over us. And the bramble said unto the trees, If in truth you anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Uh, you know, it, it, the most prickly people end up in kind of leadership. It's dangerous when you follow someone who's prickly. Uh, a bramble doesn't have much shadow. Think about it, a bramble tree. It is just thorny, doesn't have any shadow. Now you could get under a fig tree, you can get un under a vine, get under a bramble bush and all you get is wounded. And People control people with words, thoughts, attitudes, and it's a dangerous thing. And it's amazing how bad attitudes destroy. There is no shade from the heat of the day under a bramble bush. All you'll get is a very uncomfortable seat. And if you stand up, it's going to hurt you. Get near it, it's going to wound you. And, and yet, the parable was put forth so people could understand that usually when you go around, the people that have influence and the people that have opinion are usually the brambly people. 
You go into a workplace and you usually find it's the barrack room lawyers, as they call them, that moan all the time, you know? They can tell you how the business should be run. They've never run it. They've never built anything uh, in life, but they can tell you how to run it. It's amazing, as a pastor, I can guarantee there's more people that know how to run this church than I do. You know, someone who does nothing, the only way he can lift himself up is to criticize someone who's done it. Uh, and that's the way it goes. Uh, and if you're in charge of anything, and God gives you uh, a gift, you find that uh, there's always people who know better. And, and sometimes it's strange. Uh, but, you know, God's answers aren't man's answers. I find too many Christians are too religious. Uh, and they think they've got an answer. And God's answer is totally different. Let me give you an example um, of how different it can be. And, uh, um, Alan Arnold, come here. Pick on Alan Arnold, see? Now, Alan had a particular problem. And he wanted an answer. Now, the answer might be something that will surprise you. But if you come and you ask a question... Um, Walking very slowly up here, um, but my, you, had a, you had a problem with sleep. My problem was was, was lack of sleep. Yeah, for um, about seven months, and uh, I went to see Michael about two two months ago, and uh, he gave me some simple advice, and. Uh, I didn't sleep last night at all, but uh, other than that, I've been sleeping very well since. And uh, the simple advice was to uh, watch uh, comedy programs if you can't sleep. And I'd read lots of um, articles and spoken to lots of people and read books and read tapes, and no one mentioned um, to uh, watch comedy programs. In fact, they advised not to watch TV, but it, it worked for me. It cured you completely. It did, 95%. Yeah. 95%. And you know what it was? Just watch Laurel and Hardy DVDs. Get some and videos and watch them. And, and no other book has ever suggested that. No, no, no I've, read, I've said I've read a lot of books. I was desperate. I, I, some nights I didn't sleep. Um, well, I was averaging four, four hours sleep for seven months. And that's with sleeping tablets as well. So I was just a, a zombie. But Laurel and Hardy sent you to sleep. Uh, Laurel and Hardy and uh, um, Rising Damp. <laughs> rising Damp. Now, you say, hey, but a Christian, you know, fancy a pastor telling someone to watch comedy. But, you know, it's amazing how people destroy themselves by being miserable. It's a gift some people have. And, and, you know, laughter, it says in the Bible, in Proverbs, it's medicine for the soul. And people, lots of people have forgotten how to laugh. Isn't that right? Absolutely, yeah. But you, you laugh at Rising Damp. Yeah, I watched five episodes last night. It did work. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have been good episodes. Okay. But you say, well... Why would you say, do this? 
nothing to do with you know uh, anything else than than changing someone's thinking pattern. You know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And a lot of people are hurt. Uh, first of all, I find that if someone's in a mess, the first thing they'll do is mess up other people. And it's amazing how they gravitate towards each other, and they all begin to mess up each other, and they get very thorny. And you can't get comfort, you can't get shelter from the heat of problems by going to someone who's as messed up as you are. You need to find someone who's got life. And the strange thing is that when you get people who shouldn't ever lead anyone, they will ignore what is true where the fruit is, the olive tree, the vine. <laughs> they don't want that. What they want is to vent their spleen. What they want is to get someone to agree with their grievances. And a bramble say, well, that's it. You know, you agree with me or else I'll destroy you. Nice kind of attitude. And you find that there's a lot of people who live in a misery state instead of a joyful state. And their whole thinking is governed by negativity. And so I wanted to just look at the scripture <coughs> and get you to think. You know, blame culture is something that's awful, but it's even worse when you get people at moan. There are just professional moaners in life, aren't there? It's their gift. And, and you know, it's amazing. The, the main thing people think is how to apportion blame. It's not my fault. Well, I tell you what, destruction comes because of stupidity. And basically, you are today what you are because that's what you choose to be. And I, I just want to tell each one of you, you've got to take responsibility for yourself. It is no one else's fault. Is that plain? Yes. Hello? Yes. And the last thing you need to do is try and sit under a bramble bush for comfort. It is the most uncomfortable place. And it's amazing how people uh, will always, birds of the feather flock together. And it's not a, a family trait. It's a spirit trait, attitude. And there are certain people, you, you just see them, you can almost guarantee they will find each other. It's almost as though they've got a radar to moan. You know, there's, there's always people like that in life. Uh, and they get together, and the only thing they can do is moan. It's a gift. And um, it, it's an unusual gift. Very unusual gift. And when you see people like that, you think, how can they ever be like that? But then they don't understand that when you are negative and you think negative, 
What you actually do, you destroy yourself physically, you destroy yourself mentally, and you destroy yourself socially. And in the end, you end up as a loner, so smart that you know everything about everyone, but no one knows anything about you. Uh, and you're getting reactions out of people because that's what you produce. And it's an awful state to be in. And I wanted to examine it and look at it because I believe in freedom of thought. But I, I like the idea that you can live with fruitfulness in your life and you can feed on the right things. I'd rather have a bunch of grapes than a bunch of brambles, wouldn't you? It's amazing how some people, the only thing, you, you, you know, things that are just aggravating. Why feed on those things and make your aggravation worse? Because you've got a gift for it. It's dangerous. Okay? Hello? Is that okay? You're with me so far. It's going to get worse. Uh, you know, because that's the way it is. It, it's to do with um, bitterness. You know, the, the Bible says a root of bitterness springing up defiles many. And um, defiling, there are people that just get bitter about things. Bitter about circumstances, bitter about happenings, bitter about... And they get more and more bitter. And whilst they get bitter, they destroy themselves. And um, there are three uh, definitions of bitterness. It's the quality of state of being bitter, sharp or acrid, implacable, severity, keenness of reproach or sarcasm, deep distress, grief, vexation of mind. And you'll find it in Job, um, chapter 7, verse 11, says this. You needn't turn to it. Therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. I, I, I hear people often, they come, they want help. And boy, all they pour out is bitterness. Uh, and let me tell you something about bitterness. When you've got a problem with something and you start opening your mouth, I'll tell you what you do. The moment you open your mouth, it takes root in your heart. You can have all kinds of thoughts come in, but the moment you begin to confess it, it roots inside. And that's the point that's destructive. The Bible says it's not what goes into a man, it's what comes out that defiles. And, and it's amazing how many people, they start to agree with a bramble. And once you hear and you start agreeing with what's bitter, I'll tell you what happens, it roots in you. And a root of bitterness springing up defiles many. And you just watch it. And, and you know, <laughs> the old saying of, of people like that, well, everyone agrees with me. What they mean, it's their opinion. And they're trying to validate their opinion 
by claiming lots of people agree with them. I'm sorry, they don't. When someone's bitter, the last thing you want to do is agree with them because you know the source of it, the spirit of it. Once you start agreeing with it, it roots. Is that plain? Hello? So you want to be careful who you keep company with. Uh, secondly, it's a state of extreme impiety and enmity towards God. You'll find that in Acts 8, verse 23. The apostle said, For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Uh, when someone has got a wrong attitude, you know, he wanted a gift. You remember he wanted a gift of being able to lay hands on people and do miracles, and he offered money for it, and he was told, hey, just a minute. You've got no part or lot in this. It's amazing how jealousy and envy work in people. They get bitter. Someone's successful. They get bitter at that person. Then the bitterness grows and develops. Uh, what we've got is in society today is a kind of envy kind of teaching, you know, uh, where why should someone else have something better than me? It's envy and jealousy. And, and it's wrong. I believe this. If you don't earn the right to it and you don't earn it, you shouldn't have it. But in our society, politically, political correctness is everyone's got a right to everything. People get in real bitterness when they see someone with a gift of God. Why is it, you know, why does it work for him and not for me? Years ago, I remember walking into a building and there was a group of Christians praying for a woman. And, uh, they were praying for her to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was walking up the stairs and I, I looked in and saw this girl. This is 40 years ago now. And, and I saw her and I walked in there. I said, what are you doing? And they said, oh, we're praying for her. So I just walked over, she was kneeling down, I put my finger under her chin, she looked up at me, I said, what do you want? She said, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I said, go on and receive, and she did. Just started immediately laughing and speaking in tongues. Well, that's simple. What you have, you can give. And one of the women there, she was about 50, she stormed out the room, slammed the door, and I heard her saying, people, coming up the stairs, why does it work for him and not for me? I thought, yeah, you've got a problem. Uh, you know, bitterness. You know, why him? Why not me? Well, I tell you, I have no idea. Number three, dangerous error or schism tending to draw persons to apostasy. And Hebrews 12, verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and many be defiled. Now, you know, once someone gets bitter, they defile a lot of people. And it's amazing what people get bitter over. They pick on the stupidest things. Uh, someone upset them. Someone looked at them the wrong way. You know, how, how can you look at someone the wrong way? Um, you know, or... Um, I, I've had people come to me and say, you thought so-and-so about me. I said, well, how do you figure that out? They said, 
Well, during the meeting you were saying so and so, and you looked at me. Little do they know, without my glasses on, I don't know who they are at the back. There's the blame culture. You remember I talked about blame means to blaspheme. It's really to go against God. Um, the scripture shows us clearly that the root of bitterness, to be formed, you have to first turn away from God and from his grace. You know, the moment someone's bitter about anything, the first thing you know is they've turned away from God and they've walked out of God's grace. That's the only way you can ever get bitter. You see, love is totally different. And the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, totally different spirit. A person that gets bitter has already left the grace of God. You can't get bitter if you live in grace. You can't. So if you're bitter, it's because you left the grace of God. If you've got to blame, it's because you left God's grace. Because someone who lives in grace knows that he doesn't deserve anything. And the reason you realize you don't deserve anything is because you know and experience the grace of God every moment of every day. When you get bitter, what you're saying is, hey, God, it's not fair. Well, you getting saved wasn't fair. Jesus paid the price. He took all your sin. He took all your iniquity into his own body on the tree. He became sin who knew no sin. I hear Christians say, well, it wouldn't be right for God to punish Jesus for what we did. Hey, he paid the price for us. And the wonder of it all is when you realize that, we didn't deserve anything, did we? Except hell. But Jesus brought us out. He healed us. He delivered us. He loves us. Now, a bitter person, he can't even know the love of God or the grace of God. He's right out of it. Is that plain? Hello? You know, you can't be like that. In the Old Testament, God warned those who had been delivered out of Egypt not to be tempted by the riches of other nations. You know, you, you, you look and you think, boy, or you get tempted by what other people have got. I find some people, they're always jealous of something. Always driven. They want a bigger house, bigger car, bigger this, bigger that. And they go into debt for it. Deuteronomy 29, verse 18. It says, lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there be any among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. You know, bitterness. It's a thing that destroys any family, any home, any society. Bitterness. When people get bitter, huh. and, and you know, it's amazing, but the older people get, the less they can hide their bitterness. And you watch people develop to be bitter old bags or bitter old fellas. And they develop it. And it's a gift they have. And it's, all it does is destroy. It destroys them physically, mentally, 
takes away hope. And you watch them decline in life. And you think their life could be so different if they learnt how to laugh, if they learnt how to enjoy things. But when you're bitter, all you can see is negative. Oh, I was denied this, I was denied that. Oh, I never had a chance. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, one, one thing we have is freedom. You have freedom of choice. You can choose to be happy or you choose to be miserable. When we had children, the first thing I taught them, one thing you're not allowed to be around me is miserable. If you've got a miserable face, go upstairs to your room, and when you change your face, come back down. And I used to make them do it. I wouldn't have whining children. Fine parents, they don't have the brains to realize. You know, but some parents are more miserable than their kids. And their kids learn it from them. You know, you destroy children by your attitude. God intended us to be a happy people. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, I don't like it. My kids used to come to me if I said something. Why? Because I said so. You don't reason with a child, you tell them. And they're happy to be told. They don't have the intellect to make choices. I find some parents, they want to negotiate. There is no negotiation. You will be happy. <laughs> you will smile. Ah, oh, but if you let them be miserable, they'll, be, they'll find things to be miserable about. It's, it's a gift some people have. Misery stalks them all the days of their life. Terrible. Kittle says in his theological dictionary of the New Testament, the word bitterness originally had a meaning of pointed, sharp, penetrating, painful to feelings and bitter to the taste. And when you go back for the root of bitterness, Spurgeon says it highlights two phrases from this verse. Root of bitterness, it signifies a poisonous plant. The Hebrew called every species of poison a bitter thing. And um, the second thing is trouble you alludes to the effect of a poison taken into the body. The whole animal body system is disturbed. Sometimes violent retching, great disturbances through the whole um, immunity system, together with the most fatal changes in the blood system. They're the consequence of poison taken into the stomach. The blood itself, the principle under God of life, becomes putrid, decaying, rotten, and probably to this, the intelligent apostle alludes when he says, and thereby many be defiled, corrupted, and contaminated. You know, it, it really does. When, when someone's bitter, um, when someone's complaining, it gets to you, doesn't it? Hmm? There's some people, you know, I hear them, they ring me up on the phone, uh, and all they've got, uh, and they're not nice people to talk to, because they've always got 
It's got an edge to it. Things can go wrong, but when someone's bitter, it's nasty. Poison. And God warns us against it. Now, John 10.10, 10, uh, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's what a bitter person does. You know, he'll, he'll come and he'll actually kill, destroy. There are people who, in circumstances of life, have got bitter, and, and they destroy people. I don't like those people around. I, I watch and I see that they destroy other people. You know, they poison them. There's just people like that, bitter, critical, nasty. And, and they're not Christians. They've never had an experience of God because bitterness is totally contrary to God's spirit. You can't be in life in God and in grace and bitter and complaining and mean and spiteful and poisonous, that is something that's not of God. Is that plain? Hello? And a person like that is totally alien to the grace of God. Absolutely outside of it. And one of the things is, you've got the blame, well, you know, look. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees were very good. They were bitter. Bitter, bitter, bitter as hell. Why? Here comes Jesus. They're meant to be the leaders, uh, religious leaders of the day. Here he comes, opening blind eyes, healing the sick, delivering the captive. Oh, yeah, but he's human, you know. Oh, well, everyone's got fault. Look, he didn't wash his hands. Look, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. They could find fault. Now, it wasn't genuine. It was just their twisted, bitter mind got inside them. And, yeah. You see, the only way to lift yourself up is to pull someone down. That's what the thorn bush does. Doesn't give much shadow to anyone. And they get all bitter about it. I meet people with that gift. Terrible in life. I avoid them. You know, no one wants to walk through a bramble bush unless you're crazy. Do you? Oh. And, and then they say, well, you know, I know I'm a child of God. <laughs> well, you know, what I know is that when light comes, all darkness vanishes. And I'll tell you, Sweet and bitter waters don't come out the same fountain. That's what my Bible says. And Matthew 15, verse 11. Now, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. When you speak out your hidden bitterness, it becomes rooted. And a root is the source of life. It's a power or what is in the driving seat behind what you see. When you're bitter, you know, you can always justify your bitterness because you'll pick on anything that seems to agree with your foul attitude. That's what people do. Oh, you know, fancy that. 
How could a Christian do that? How could a Christian do that? You know, when you're bitter and twisted. That's why I, I like it. You know, I, I, I've got a gift of being provocative. I can provoke people. It's a gift, you know. I, I can really get under people's skin. Glory to God. Hey, it's a gift. I, I'll find out what's in you. It don't take me long to get... You know, I can prick anyone's balloon. I, t I can get, you know, I can get bitterness out of anyone. Just stand on them. <laughs> oh, bubbles up. Yuck. The poison comes out. It's easy to, to find poison. You know, and, and you just find it in people. Terrible, isn't it? When someone's bitter and twisted. You know, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you get saved. When you confess the bitterness and you start talking out bitterness, I'll tell you what it does. It roots in your life. And once it's rooted in you, it becomes the motivating force in your life. And then everything you see is tarnished by your views. Bitterness destroys judgment. You'll never judge anything correctly once you're bitter. You see everything from a wrong perspective. Is that plain? When poison, your whole system with bitterness gets so entrapped that everything is out of perspective. I, I see so many people like that. You listen to them and they, they, they come and they've got one complaint, but basically their life is a complaint because they got bitter. Can't see anything right. Everything's wrong. God's wrong. And in the end, their hate's against God. Bitterness means you hate God. Oh, you can say you love him. You can make all pretensions, but don't kid yourself. It's plain for everyone to see. And Romans 3.14 says, Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And there's some people, they just curse and bitter. Hey, it's just the way they are. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says this. says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. The word corrupt means unproductive. You know, when someone comes along and tells you, let me tell you something, are they telling to bless you or are they telling to gossip? Are they telling to tear down or are they telling to build up? Are they telling out of a bitter spirit or is there life in it? And it says don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth because that will defile you. Is that plain? Got to be careful what you say. Say, well, it's right. No, it's wrong because you don't see it in right perspective when you're bitter. All you see is a totally false image because a bitterness in you makes you think different, destroys you. And God says, don't let it proceed out of your mouth. And you'll find in Ephesians 4, verse 31, let all bitterness 
and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And there's one thing about it. People are malicious, aren't they? Uh, when they're bitter, they get real malicious in what they say and how they say it and everything. They're just vile. I hate the malicious people. They're not loving people. They're just pains. Uh, I don't like them. The contrast is in verse 30, 40, um, 32 of Ephesians 4. Be you kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now, you're to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. There's people, the only reason they're bitter is they forget what God did for them, how gracious he's been to them. They, they kind of start assuming, well, I know I'm saved, as though they did something to save themselves. Uh, I know I, well, uh, uh, yeah, as though you did it. No, you didn't. God did it. Uh, and, and you only have what you have as a gift. And you can't turn around and have bitterness without destroying yourself and a lot of other people. Is that plain? Most destructive thing. Now, I love this little um, quote from Harry Emerson. Harry Emerson Fosdick. I hope I pronounced it right. It says, bitterness imprisons life. Love releases it. Bitterness paralyzes life. Love empowers it. Bitterness sours life. Love sweetens it. Bitterness sickens life. Love heals it. Bitterness blinds life. Love anoints its eyes. Uh, uh, bitterness, it does, uh, I'll repeat it. You want to listen to it. Bitterness imprisons life. Love releases it. When you're bitter, boy, you just can't, you, you just are locked in. You're locked in with yourself and your bitter thoughts. Love releases it. Bitterness paralyzes life. You can't do anything when you're bitter. I'll tell you what happens. Everything you do turns to failure in the end. In the end, it'll destroy you. Bitterness will always destroy. Because it will come up and it will bite you. But love empowers life. Bitterness sours life. You know, everything gets a sour taste to it. Love sweetens it. Bitterness sickens life. I've seen people get sick because they're just so bitter. Love heals it. Bitterness blinds life. Love anoints its eyes. Uh, you can't see clearly. Uh, I was talking to a young man, and, and you know he was mouthing off in his gall of bitterness. Uh, and I said to him, you know, I said, the scripture says, Pull the beam out of your own eye. He could see what was wrong with this. He could see what was wrong with that. Who did you? You're all human. And I said, just a minute. The Bible says, take the beam out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly. Take the mold out of your brother's eye. When a man's bitter, he's got such a flipping beam in his eye, he can't see clearly to do anything. But they're the thorn bush. They like to correct everyone, the bramble. 
they think that, you know, people are secure getting advice from them. They're not. They'll be destroyed. Pull the beam out of your eye, fella. You won't ever, with bitterness, help anyone. You'll destroy them. You'll poison them because you are poison. And there are people like that. Come, people come to this church, they get offended at what I say. You know? Take offense at silly things. Uh, um, you know, Bishop shouldn't say that. Well, he did. You know, I don't care. They, they, you can find offense. I, I give people opportunity to get offended. It's a gift. Um, Jesus did. You know, he kept it. Huh, the Pharisees kept thinking, you're speaking against me. He was. Smart they were. You know, people have got to realize that's what preaching's about. You know, when you look into the Word of God, it should show you what's in you. And if there's a reaction comes in you, you've got to say, what's working in me? And I'll tell you what's working. A root of bitterness. The only reason people take offense is because they're bitter inside. Can't take offense at truth. But when you've got that wrong seed in you, boy, it can bug you, can't it? Oh, no, it's you. People are sitting there smiling at me. At least I think it's a smile. They're burying their teeth. Oh, no. It's you know, gritting them. You know, bitter, you people are bitter. bitter, bitter. Terrible thing, bitterness. Terrible. It eats people. Destroys them. You think, why would someone get bitter? It, it just it gets in there, and then their mouth spews it out all the time. Destructive. Very destructive. I, I, I've often found people that never succeed at anything, they can always tell you why they didn't succeed. It's amazing how it's always something that happened or some bit of bad luck or something uh, you know and they're so negative the reason they failed was because they had no faith in God I'm amazed how great Christians can be when they have faith in God and they know that they've got to honor God when you know you've got to honor God then everything changes Bitterness is not part of a Christian's life. Life is about setting a goal and believing you can accomplish it. Knowing that God put you there to do something. God put us on this earth. And I'll tell you, the only reason you won't accomplish what God wants in your life is because of bitterness. You get against God and fight God and you destroy yourself and others around you. It's when you realize your purpose in life is to fulfill God's will and to fulfill the Father's will and you live for that and you don't care about anything else. When you suddenly get everything in perspective, hey, God called me. 
God put me. For bitterness eats away, gnaws at the very wellspring and power within you, and destroys. And you look and you see young people eaten up. Inside they're bitter. I watch young people. I mean, fools smoke. You know why they fools? Because it actually destroys your body. It just destroys your body. It's not clever or smart or cool to do it. It's just destructive. It's just like drinking vodka and double vodka. You find young people are foolish enough to believe that somehow booze is life. It's not life, it's death. Gets inside. I'll tell you why, because they're bitter. You only run after sin when there's a bitterness and gall of bitterness inside. And you're really against God. And you say, God, you're unfair. I'm missing out. Well, you don't miss out on anything when you go God's way. He came to give me life and life more abundant. There's no more abundant life than in God. You choose what you want to do in life by the spirit that's in you. You know, love seeks holiness, seeks the things that are right. And bitterness seeks the things that are wrong. And joy is not at the bottom of a bottle. Joy is in Christ. And there's nothing nicer than to be in him. Let me read you some scriptures from Ephesians. Hey, these... these says this in um, chapter 4, verse 32, Be you kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave you. Philippians 4, verse 7 and 8 says this, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever th things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what are you to do? Think on these things. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Ephesians 3 verse 16 says this, that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen? Amen. Uh, and 
it's a different spirit. Spirit of love. You know, there's only one thing that destroys a person. Getting your heart on the wrong thing and getting bitter. There's only one thing that keeps a person. Love. I love him because he first loved me. And he's a good God. I can tell you how to change. You've got to change your thinking. Strongholds of Satan are in the mind. You know, you've got to forgive. My Bible says if a brother offends you seven times 70 in one day, you have to forgive him. I find people that go back 20 years over some piddling little thing that they think is a great offense. Did you remember that? And Jesus said, hey, 70 times 7 in one day. No wonder the apostles said, Lord, increase our love. Increase our faith. But there's nothing more wonderful than the ability to love, the ability to care, the ability to put things behind you, the ability not to harbor resentment, because if you resent someone, you're bitter. If you resent circumstances in life, you're bitter. If you resent how things happened, you're bitter. And our God says no. Root of bitterness, that's poison. A poisonous plant. It'll defile, that's poison many. It'll affect them adversely. And what God wants is a people of love. People who want to go his way, live his way, bow their knee to him, honor him, worship him. People who are sick of the world and the world system and who said, no, I'm, not, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. It's not what I want. I believe in God. I don't want to go the world's way. I don't want to be part of that. I just love him. Saddest thing of all is to see people who think they're right when they're so wrong. They'll tell you, oh yes, they'll justify their bitterness. They'll give you all the reasons for it, but it's a spirit. It's an attitude. And inside of people is that attitude. Well, life wasn't fair to me. I got sick. Life wasn't fair to me. I was born in the wrong country. Life wasn't fair to me. Well, life isn't fair. But our God is good. And he's always gracious. He loves us. And that's all that counts.
Let's pray. Father, I just pray for each one. Lord, you're so gracious and good. Lord Jesus, you've said your words like a mirror shows us where we are, what we are. Lord, I just pray you let every heart see. Let each one know. We are what we are. And Lord, in your grace and your love, by your spirit, work in each one. Lord, you can transform everything in a moment. You can do exceeding abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. You can change circumstances around. You can heal the sick body. You can rebuke the devourer. Lord, you're a good God. I just pray in your love and your grace, you'll reach each one. Lord, let the honey come out of the rock. Let sweetness flow. Stem bitter waters. Transform lives. Only you can do it. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your great love for us, for your mercy, for your grace. For all that you are. For your life given. And your life received. Lord Jesus. Be everything to us I pray. 